It is the Rick Emerson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday, and welcome to Day 12. Greetings and salutations to you, fellow travelers on the road of whimsy. It is uh, 503-228-4101 today. 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today and weigh in with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, whatever it is you might have uh, on this fine beginning to your week. It is 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Nibbler at kufo.com. Com. Uh, coming up in today's show, we will talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Also, uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will join us today. Uh, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland, as well as a meet and greet and your chance to uh, perform on stage for the night's final song. That is, uh, I think we got uh, two pairs something left. We're going to do a pair today, a pair tomorrow. Also, a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. Uh, who comes to town later on this month. He will be uh, at the Newmark Theater on May 29th. Tickets on sale now, uh, but a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who really, just by any objective assessment, must be considered like the greatest guy who's ever lived. So uh, that'll be coming up. Also got a Geek Watch coming up today. We have a... uh, We did the Danny Gantz Snuff Watch on Friday, right? We did, but uh, we didn't play some of the things from uh, Danny Gans, which we might do today. Do we have actual Danny Gans audio? We do. That's fantastic. Oh, boy. Because really, I've the last... I mean, I think I first encountered... For a guy who's never seen Danny Gans, I've been obsessed with him for quite some time, and I think I first encountered him in 1995, 6, something or other. When I went to Vegas, there were just billboards everywhere that just said Gans in huge letters. And I didn't know what he did then. Don't know what he did now. Did now. But I... Uh, I don't know, he, he did a thing, and now he's dead. Anyway, so we'll have uh, Danny Gann sound uh, coming up later on today as well. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Extillan. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I'm how's, feeling... How's your weekend? How are things? It was fun. It was jam-packed and a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, and we went and saw Star Trek this weekend. That's right. We saw Star Trek. We all gathered in the suburbs. It was fantastic. Um, so we want to thank everybody who came out to see the Star Trek uh, the Portland premiere on Saturday at the Tiger Regal 11 Cinema in Normal Plex or whatever it was. Uh, we had had a couple weeks ago, we had had our Rock in the Red Shirts party, which is where we gave away the shot to come and see the movie this past Saturday, which is you know, I guess like five, six days before premieres everywhere else. Because I don't think it actually opens. I think it's this coming Thursday at midnight, you know, like Thursday going into Friday, mm-hmm. uh, that it actually premieres for everybody else. But to everybody who came out on Saturday, got a chance to see it, it was just, it was unfreaking believable. It was, uh, which I had expected, just knowing that they had planned this whole reboot, I had expected almost nothing. It was just infinite ways in which it could have gone uh, badly, which it could have gone wrong, and it went wrong in none of those ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was just just such an exceptional film. So uh, if you were able to see uh, Star Trek on Saturday, and I realize I'm walking all over Sarah's what you did this weekend, but it, 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 we were, oh, but no, we were all okay. there. No, we both, yeah, all of us were there. So great. It's though. what we all did this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just, I was waiting for it to suck, and it never did. I mean, and really, it's like they only had to do the bare minimum with this. They just had to set phasers to don't blow. And not only did they achieve that, but it was actually just an exceptional film. So, that was so good. I am. Uh, so, if you haven't seen it yet, it's you. You really have. You really have something. Well, uh, nobody's seen it yet. Right? It okay, I'm like, if you haven't seen I'm, it yet, I'm like, I'm just saying, it's not even you, out for five days. The, I would say the only people who saw it were you know we're listeners. So because CBS had that was like a CBS radio premiere. 
So if you're listening, you know, the odds are, I don't know, I guess better than those of the average population that you saw it. But otherwise, it's, uh, yeah, you got something great to look forward to. Yes, you do. Oh, that was wonderful. And then you had your soapbox uh, derby. Made. Yes, yes, because the soapbox derby is coming up in August. So we finally, um, uh, so we dismantled our car from last year and then came up with an idea. And then um, right the second we were done, that freak storm happened with the hail the oh, size God. of like dimes. And a tree fell down and killed somebody. What? Is that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you have to tell me that? Now I can't poke fun. Well, it was only one tree. Okay. Well, in any event, yes, it was monsoon season yeah, and for a, no readily apparent reason. And a lightning strike uh, hit a tree next to my friend's house and split it right in half. Really? Mm-hmm. In Southeast Portland. I didn't think that happened in real life. I'm, me neither. I thought it was a thing that only happened in films. No, no. Right, he lives uh, right near Woodstock, and it hit there. Excellent. It was weird. It was like, it, it was like I was in Bangladesh or something. Or a place where monsoons happen. I don't know where monsoons take place. Uh, but it was just sort of it came out of nowhere. And it was doing that thing of, like, shaking the windows. Mm-hmm. And then the power went out everywhere except at my house. The power was sort of going out all around us. It was all very unnerving. All right. Well, in any event, yes. it was uh, it was quite a gripping weekend. So uh, lots more uh, to get to. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. The swine flu and you. Now there are three confirmed cases of the swine flu in Oregon. When we left Friday, there weren't any. Now there are three. Forest Grove schools are shut down, as are those in Polk County, because people are afraid. Are you saying here in Oregon we've had a 200% increase in swine flu cases? We have indeed. My God. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that. If I were you, I'd panic. And I'm speaking to everybody. I'd begin panicking now. Now is the time to panic. Please panic. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just my my advice. You shouldn't necessarily follow up. The OSP has arrested a woman for allegedly driving drunk with the two kids in the car with her. Amy Patterson arrested Friday on Highway 43 near I-205 after they got several phone calls about her driving. The two children told them they were scared about how their mom was driving. She now faces driving under the influence, reckless endangerment, and other things. The kids are with other more responsible family members. Swine flu in Washington State. Now they can treat 230,000 people. So go ahead and get the swine flu in Washington. You're all set. Get as sick as you like, kids. They'll take care of you. Uh, Washington County authorities arrested seven people involved in a Beaverton karaoke brawl. The brawl ignited when a man became upset that his wife uh, oh, got slapped on the buttocks while she was singing a song. Was she singing, Man, I Feel Like a Woman? Uh, it doesn't say. Wait a minute. Was she singing, uh, uh, I don't know, Sarah, help me, uh, Beaverton karaoke? Was she singing? She's singing uh, Like a Virgin. Yes. <laughs> Wish. That's it. I've run out of things. It's, <laughs> that's I, the funniest I, one yet. No, I peaked with Shania Twain. That's it. That's all. That's the only song my brain could come up with. All right. Sorry. Oh, speaking of uh, barroom hilarity, I was at the uh, the Mission Theater. What about barroom hilarity, Tim? Well, I saw the funniest thing, and I always knew it was going to happen, and I was glad I saw it happen. I was at uh, one of the city's uh, venues Friday night. And uh, one of the, one of the beer bars, venues, one of the beer bars. And there was somebody up in the balcony. And I often thought, what happened if somebody stumbled and their pitchers of beer flew over the balcony and drenched the people underneath it? Well, it happened. No really? way. Th- this big, huge guy with toothpick legs is carrying this tray of like three pitchers of beer. And I go, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Sure enough, on the bottom step, he stumbles and here. Splash. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so, did it drench the patrons well, below? Well, the funny thing is, the guy sits down and pretends like nothing happened. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no never, one saw that. Nobody saw that. I was completely underneath the radar. That went unobserved by everyone. But it was one of those King of the Hill moments that I all, often want to witness, and I did. Excellent. It's always gratifying when you sort of see something take place in public that you don't think actually happens anywhere but in films. 
But yeah. it's like, this, this guy's legs cannot hold up all this beer. <laughs> I mean, he weighs like 500 pounds, and he has pipe cleaners for legs, and he's carrying 500 pounds of beer. The center, in the dark. The center cannot hold, or in this case, the knees. Uh, that's great. That's oh, by the way, uh, just speaking of uh, I uh, speaking of beer, I guess um, we should say also thanks to everybody who came out uh, on Friday for the March of the Lebowskis, which was for the uh, the Corden uh, and uh, Fat Boys showing of the Big Lebowski, which was just fantastic. It was like six hundred guys in bathrobes uh, walking down, shuffling down the street, you know, down Thirty Ninth and uh, then down Hawthorne, which is just just sort of the the thing you don't get to see uh, every day, and it was all. I have to say this. I'm surprised that there are more. I'm surprised there are more accidents that don't happen. You know what I mean? Because it is. I mean, it is sort of a distracting thing when you're walking down and you see hundreds and hundreds of guys in bathrobes who are sort of disheveled, just lumbering down the avenue. So anyway, all right. More ahead this hour, including Tim Riley at the news desk later on. Jim Root from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't go anywhere. There goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play and says what he wants to say. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Tim. How are you? Um, well, unfortunately, Rick is just running around the building doing God knows what, and we don't know where he went. Well, we have so many th- interesting things to talk about today. Well, why don't we go to the news desk? Well, all right, if you want to. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. We have so many things today. Uh, first of all, a McFinville man is charged with drunk driving twice in one day. And Max operators are going to be training today. If you're planning on heading downtown, expect all kinds of problems. They're training 160 new Max operators. What happened to the old ones? And why do they need 160 new Mac Max operators? Are these the greeters that they're going to be having? No, no. They have a new train coming. Remember the one from Clackamas? Oh, yes. Okay, so they have to the train people Clackamas. to do this well. Really? And let's just be honest that any train coming from Clackamas does require what we might call special abilities on the part of the operators. Dealing with felons. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Well, a crash man has been charged with trying to hire someone to kill his business partner because he owed him $50,000. Of course, because it's from Gresham, it always goes bad. Uh, they've arrested this uh, fellow. He uh, wanted to pay somebody $50,000, but it didn't work out. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. So he was going to pay somebody $50,000? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't... He was paying $50,000 to have someone killed? Uh, let's see here. Or did someone owe him $50,000? Okay, I get it. He owed him $50,000. Well, why would you ever be under the impression that somebody from Gresham could ever come up with $50,000 to pay you back? Like, if a guy from Gresham offered, like, if he has to borrow 75 cents from you, don't you just figure the odds are one and two? He's never going to be able to get the scratch together to pay that back? That could be true. Hey, can I borrow $50,000? I swear to God, I'll give it back to you, even though I am from Gresham. That's not going to work. That's flawed logic, ladies and gentlemen. A Vancouver couple is looking for their missing parrot. It talks. It's missing. They're doing everything they can. Their mini macaw named uh, Savannah is like a child, and they believe somebody has kidnapped their baby. This is an exotic high-priced bird. Escaped two weeks ago, and this is when they took it outside on a leash. Wait a minute. A <laughs> okay. macaw on a leash. <laughs> it's just so like a child, by the way. It, it got out of its collar. If your child has feathers and hollow bones, I suppose. But they have it. The bird flew into a tree and would not fly down, as birds might do. They <laughs> They know it's a bird and everything, right? Mm-hmm. They were aware of that when they took it outside? I mean, I'm just well, sort of... This even gets worse. Uh-huh. Uh, Diana, the woman involved, waited on her roof for eight hours trying to coax the bird down. Okay. 
Hmm. You know, if an animal has to be coaxed back to you, maybe it doesn't like you. Well, and for eight hours, I think you could come up with some better solution than just sitting there staring at it. Like a pellet gun, for example. I mean, I'm just, you know, or, you know, whatever. I mean, taser, something. So anyone who finds this bird can call 360-BIRDMAN or 503-BIRDMAN. Okay. Well, I'll make a note to myself. I'm not really making a note. That was a terrible storm yesterday. A Portland man was killed by a falling tree in southeast. There was a heavy rain and hail, a thunderstorm. Big tree blew down uh, during the storm in Beaverton at 9th and Hall Boulevard. Uh, David Cody of Portland was killed when part of a tree fell on his car along southwest Barber Boulevard. Good God. Mm. So I was just, was it, and this was yesterday that it happened? The whole weekend yeah, this is one big blur. I thought it was Saturday. Cause, yeah, I, I think it was after Star Trek. I think it was after Saturday, yeah, because we went to it the movie. It was Saturday. This one was Saturday. So we got up, we went to, uh, uh, we all kind of met up in Beaverton uh, for the Star Trek thing. Uh, and then, uh, let me just tell you this, after Star Trek, uh, I went to uh, this place called George's Giant Hamburgers. This is not a plug, I'm just making the observation, which was just unbelievable. I just had a, a hamburger that was like the size of a car. And then I went home and I was doing that kind of post that carb fatigue sort of like, oh, I can't believe I ate so much. That kind of Mr. Creosote nap on the couch. And I woke up because Lara was gone. And I woke up when there was that <laughs> and the thunder thing, you know, that happens outside. And the lights did thing, and they're just flickering for one second. And then they stayed on. I had uh, no issues with the power. There wasn't any, like, I didn't lose any, any you know, any of the uh, TV or anything didn't go out. Mm-hmm. But apparently I was the only block in my neighborhood where the power didn't go out because the stoplights went out. And I think all the way out in Beaverton, uh, the power was getting knocked out. And it was that kind of thing where the windows start to rattle at such velocity that you do wonder, like some weird uh, primal lower brain part of yourself begins to wonder if it is actually the end of days. Like if this is the moment where the rapture just begins. It felt really apocalyptic. Like when it's raining, it's sprinkling, then kind of raining hard, then all of a sudden flooding, and then like giant chunks of hail are falling down. Like my friend, giant chunks of hair. Seriously, no, not hair, so much as hail. But then my friend's like shingles on her back porch were blowing off and yeah. stuff. I thought we were in a hurricane. Now my, and then Lara called me. She was out driving around in the, the truck. She calls me. She goes, I can't, I don't, I can't see the road. I don't know what's going on. And I could actually hear, she was calling me on her cell phone and I actually hear in the background, I could hear the of everything sort of hitting the truck. And then, but just sort of Kaiser Soze like, like that, it was gone. And then it was sunshiny. So, I mean, it just made it, I mean, I know we're talking about the weather now and cause that's what people find compelling. Uh, the, but it was just, it was all very weird. So, all right, here is, uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Time for Brittany watch. Here's your Brittany watch for, uh, whatever the hell day this is Monday, Monday. on the uh, Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. It was Britney's concert from hell in Connecticut over the weekend. She fell while dancing to get naked. And then an overzealous and disrespectful fan rushed to the stage. He wanted to dance with Britney. Are we talking about the song Get Naked? Yes. When you say dancing to get naked, you don't mean stripping. <laughs> I was trying to like, shimmy out of her clothes. That's sort of... D- dancing to get naked sounds a lot like, hey, on stage five, it's Ember dancing to get naked. This was just the song. I don't think anybody wants to see Britney naked this not, year. Not at this point. She's rather portly. No. Anyway, uh, the spam wanted to dance with Britney, and uh, she wasn't interested in filling her dance card. Now, her people said her security rushed on stage. Actually, the security was nowhere to be found. It was their own dancers who pushed the guy off stage. Really? You can, really? See, you can see the video at uh, RileyLive.com, where right. it is posted. 
So the dancers uh, pushed the guy off, and uh, Brittany looked extremely spooked at the whole thing. So it was just a bad thing. How would you? Where was she at? Where did this happen? Connecticut. How would you even get on stage though? Because you know, you don't you just figure that. First of all, having because I having seen her to I saw that show two weeks ago mm-hmm. in Vegas, and it's, that stage is is very elevated, and you got to figure there's security guards and there's gates and fences and so forth. Not, it's not odd that the, it's maybe in Connecticut, maybe what with the recession and all, they're uh, not able to afford uh, any sort of actual security or demonstrable uh, police presence as such. All right. So they were so he got his ass beaten by dancers, which is embarrassing on a whole lot of levels, by the yeah. way, because it's a bunch of spindly guys. Uh, you know, we're just busy sort of adjusting their leotards. So the idea that that, that that's the group of guys that's going to thwart you from, uh, you know, getting your uh, getting your love on with Britney is a little embarrassing. All right. There's your uh, Britney watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson show. Brittany Watch for Monday. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. Remember that slippery politician John Edwards who vanished from the scene? Now he's back. His philandering has gone federal, and it might hit the courts soon. Uh, no doubt his attorney is uh, looking into this. Apparently, uh, his mistress produced videos. Of course, they cost $100,000. Since keeping the mistress is not an acceptable use of campaign money, there's an investigation into whether the payments were legitimate. In one case, uh, Miss Hunter received $14,000 from a political action committee the same day that Edwards' presidential campaign paid the committee $14,000 for a furniture purchase. <laughs> I'm sure that's a coincidence, wow. Tim. Uh, I'm sure there's nothing untoward uh, happening at all there. That's fantastic. So let me understand this. So his campaign paid ra- for furniture. gets $14,000. Uh, they get $14,000 out of the bank. Mm-hmm. They the fourteen thousand dollars is spent. Somebody produces a, a receipt or an invoice saying, "No, no, no, it was for a a, a couch of some kind." And mysteriously, that same day, she gets fourteen thousand dollars in exchange for not coming up with a video showing them. Yes. I don't know, in flagrante. Riel Hunter is her name. That's great. Good for you, John Edwards. Well done. So there's no stop to his problems. So so he's no longer a politician. Uh, also, uh, he has a love child. Also, now he's uh, going to be charged federally. Yes. All right. Well. Oh, how much can change in one year? Well done, sir. Yes. Uh, all right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up around the corner. Coming up later on, uh, more from Tim Riley at the news desk, and Jim Roop will uh, do one more story here, and then we will plunge on in to more entertainment. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yes, it does, Tim. Well, Gresham Police say a 20-year-old man has been arrested after investigators found photographs of him on the Internet of him uh, having relations with a dog. Now, don't ask me what Gresham Police had to do with their time, <laughs> except to look for their citizens on the Internet. Uh, having uh, <laughs> carnal relations with a beast. Where would you even find a picture like that? <laughs> Apparently, they assigned people to look through these things. Jesus, it, it was in, in it, it was in the inbox to look <laughs> on the internet for this. Wow. Uh, Ew. His name is uh, Vanden Bong Thong Trip. He was arrested uh-huh. for sexual assault of an animal, an aggravated animal abuse. Apparently, aggravated the animal too. Uh, he told officers in an interview. He assaulted his eight-year-old pit bull hundreds of times. Oh, do we know that the pit God. bull was, you know, asking for it? resisting? I, I don't know. All right, uh, just, you know. the the abuse occurred over a five-year period. He lives in Gresham with his mother and his fiance, <laughs> but she loves him. 
Okay. The dog will be removed from the residence and uh, well, undergo therapy. A dog is man's best friend, Tim. And his bail is one point five million dollars. That's more. <laughs> that's more than. That's more than if it was a human being. <laughs> By the they're, way, they're the, not uh, solid Gresham pit bulls. Otherwise, the, this is what you get: uh, one point five million dollar bail. That exceeds the entire gross income of that city. All right. How they came up with that, I don't know. I have no idea. But it, it happened over a five year period, so I, I guess it might be deserving. Okay. Well, there you go. It is the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock One Hundred and One KUFO. The assembled parade of human ugliness continues next. Don't go anywhere. It is Monday morning. You stay right there. Call 503-228-4101. I'm going to inhale some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503 228 Four one zero one. Coming up later on in the show, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. We're also going to be giving away Anthony Bourdain tickets. And uh, last but not least, uh, our interview with Scott Weiland. Which up, I can't uh, wait to hear. Later on. There's a whole... Well, we'll get... We'll talk about it later. There's uh, there's much to be said about the interview with Scott Weiland. It's 503-228-4101 at the news desk. It's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. An inmate upset that nobody would accept his collect phone call took his rage out on Tumalnumba County Sheriff's deputies yesterday morning. Inmate Larry Land Jr. was taken into custody that morning and complained to the deputy that nobody would take his call. Why am I bereft of all normal human relationships? They returned to a seat only to jump up and run into uh, Deputy Hathaway's office where he allegedly grabbed her by the hair and struck her head and face. Another deputy came to help but ended up with broken fingers. Officers hit Land with a taser, which finally stopped the attack. He was booked on the original harassment charge and faces several more charges. He's being held on $17,500 bond. Why are all my relationships an icebox of emotional frigidity? Venezuela man arrested in McMinnville was booked for DUI twice. The first time happened around 11 a.m. The cops spotted 52-year-old Carl Elton Reeve running a red light. He was pulled over. Give a breathalyzer test. Yes. He was three times over the legal limit, taken to jail, released to the custody of his grandmother. His truck impounded. Hours later, the truck was authorized for release to another driver with the understanding that Reeves would not drive it. <laughs> the but best... It- that that kind of thing is always great too. Like when they they give they give the truck out to somebody mm-hmm. who clearly just hangs around with ne'er do wells. Mm-hmm. They said, "Now you're not going to be driving this truck, are you?" And he says, "No, no, no. Of course I'm not." And then of course he is driving the truck. It happens thirty seconds well, later. I wonder how old his grandmother is if he's fifty two and his grandma's picking him up. Well, where was this at Salem? McMinnville. Oh, McMinnville. Well, if he's fifty two, the grandmother's probably like no, he's sixty five. He's probably the youngest person in the county. Yeah, I mean, really. Employees of the tow yard then saw Reeves get into the truck. And followed him to the McMinnville liquor store. <laughs> so he's arrested again. As he's leaving the parking lot for the liquor store, he was hit with the second DUI, taking the Yamhill County Correctional Facility. Bail this time, $8,200. But it's less than buggering a dog in Gresham. Yes, it is, Tim. I just want that to be known. <laughs> for the record, that is uh, that is a matter of public fact. That's uh that's part of what we do here. We provide such services as part of uh, operating in the interest and uh, convenience and necessity of the American public as uh, federally mandated. Here's Tim Riley. Well, here's something that's going to be difficult to find. Uh, Timothy Hutton series uh, TNT is shooting here. And today they're looking for extras who are Caucasians. Is this? <laughs> oh my God. 
It's like a needle in a fleshy haystack. It, it really is. It's got to take tons of phone calls to find them. <laughs> Are they? This is the uh, the the leverage show. Yes. Um, that's what the it thing... allegedly blew up a car downtown. I was just going to say nobody has ever seen. That will be forever known as the series that blew up a car downtown, but nobody I know saw it, and mm-hmm. nobody has ever produced any film of it. I don't believe it actually happened. That's what they claim. So today, uh, they're looking for Caucasians, right. and then uh, tomorrow. At last, the white man gets a break. Taking it a step further, they need blue-collar Caucasians. Well, I don't know. I I think they really may have exhausted all of their leads with that first round of casting. God. I'm sorry. There's just too much to... There's There's too much there. There's too much to say. And also, I'm just... uh, I'm back on this business of the car being blown up, which is right down to that Burnside or something, wasn't it? That's what they claim. It's an urban legend. Because when I did, so this was on the 18th, when I did that National Record Store Day thing, I was doing that the, the thing for Jackpot Records, and the, the woman who did the store, de, or she did the sort of production design for this for this record store event that I went to, she had also been working on the set of that show all day, and she was apparently down there when they blew up this car, and again, this is because they're filming this Timothy Hutton series, Leverage, and it was a thing that everybody has heard about, but that no one has ever been able to produce any actual footage of. And you think if they were going to be blowing up a car, there'd be somebody with a cell phone taking a photograph of that. So it does sort of, um, it strikes me as odd. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It's just sort of weird there wasn't any actual photographic evidence of that ever made. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. A Chuck E. Cheese mascot has been accused of getting too friendly with the guests. Jennifer Serval is suing the man behind the mouse costume for allegedly groping her chest. On the 28th, William Thigpen. William Thigpen. <laughs> William Thigpen. Really? Yes. When he's not playing keyboards for the Grateful Dead, he gropes women? Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly, quote, grabbed her breast and moved along, unquote. What do you mean moved along? Like to her business like area? he took it with him? I don't know. He took it with him. This is your boob. I'm going to be taking it with me. Detachable. Look, uh, could have been one of those California breasts. Is that like sort of an adult version of got your nose? Yes. Got your boob. It's in my pocket. So the woman's stepfather caught the incident on camera, and the 22 year old uh, uh, cheese man was arrested. (laughs) (laughs) I was grown by a 22 year old cheese man. (laughs) Cheese man. No, 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 no. See, I was thinking He-Man. Oh, no. <laughs> there's, uh, there's many ways we could have gone with that. But wait a minute. So you've, there's so much of the story that hasn't been told yet. So mm-hmm. so she's there. Presumably she's a, she's a mom. I guess so. Uh, she's there with her with her, her children's. And the cheese guy comes along. The cheese guy. The Chucky Cheese guy comes along. Mr. Thigpin. <laughs> Mr. Thigpin. I want to form some sort of a weird... I want to form some some sort of a weird fusion band where it's like, but it, where we're doing like a, we're doing like a, like a rock salsa hybrid kind of a thing. And then we're going to be called Mr. Thigpin. Um, so he just comes up behind her and gropes her. I mean, was she talking to the mouse before the mouse began grabbing her breast? It doesn't say. Just there, it just sounds like it was a walk by boob grabbing. I mean, just, do you figure that if you're just like, you figure, do you, I'm trying to get a handle on this guy's mental state. I'm trying to put myself in his place. Do you think that if you are that guy and you're in the Chuck E. Cheese outfit, that in some weird way you get into this space, this mental space where you figure they can't see you, so therefore, like, you can never be discovered? You know what I mean? Like, you're sort of, like, you get the, you lose the, you lose the realization that they could just take the mouse head off and there you are inside. Like, you just sort of figure, I'm completely anonymous. I'm in this Chuck E. Cheese outfit. And you sort of lose track of the fact that, like, that, you know, that you are, that, like, you have, you have a time card and everything that you're punching. Maybe it makes him feel strangely invulnerable. I, I mean, there were worse things to do Dur- during that big storm Saturday. 
What, what's worse than standing out in the rain holding a going out of business sign? No. There's nothing. But being else. assaulted by hail and strong winds? No. Some dejected person holding a going out of business sign? What have I done wrong with my <laughs> life? sucks. <laughs> many, many, many hundreds of things, Tim. Ah, oh, good God almighty. All right, let's do uh, one more. And then coming up in the next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Rube from Los Angeles about the Zodiac Killer, believe it or not. An Indiana school bus driver may spend more than a year behind bars for driving students home while drunk. Philip Leslie pled guilty to a felony charge. Prosecutors say he was taking kids home from a school with a busload. He was driving along the wrong side of the road, made several stops at the same houses, and then hit a mailbox. <laughs> he was arrested, and then they found an empty bottle of alcohol in his car. He was taken into custody. The 48-year-old also charged with felony neglect, felony operating vehicle, and a blood alcohol level over 1.15, which is a crime. He'll be be formally sentenced in about three weeks. When, let me ask you this. Not that we're advocating drunk driving. We're certainly not. No. It's uh, illegal and immoral and you shouldn't do it. But I have to say, did, aren't you all kind of impressed in a way when a guy has some, when they when the story when they say his blood alcohol level was nine times the legal limit? Doesn't a small, horrible part of you kind of go like, well, well done. I mean, it's just, I mean, that really takes some doing. I mean, it it's like, like every now and again, and I always think these are urban legends. Every once in a while, you'll get some guy who will show up in the uh, in the emergency room and you'll always hear that story about his blood alcohol level was so high, he shouldn't even be able to stand. And yet he does stand. And we all kind of admire that guy. You can We can lie and say that we don't. And holds do. his head high. That's the thing. Is he a, walks out of the courtroom. <laughs> proudly walks into his new life as a penitentiary inmate. Uh, but you always kind of look at that guy who ought to be dead because his blood level, his blood alcohol level is so high. But you all, everybody kind of goes, that is impressive. Way to go. Because one has to be good at something. You have to have an area of expertise. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, coming up in the next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. I swear to God, uh, this is true. It says here in the paper, again, talks about the Zodiac Killer in 2009. This is that nutcase woman that said that her dad was the Zodiac Killer and would, like, take her out. They'd, like, shoot guys in the face and then they get ice cream or something. That's coming up later on. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Still to come this hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. And Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Monday. Two California waitresses claim Cindy Crawford's husband may have been less than faithful. Forest Grove uh, schools are closed today, as are Polk County schools, all due to the swine flu scare. Really? Somebody t- Is it true that there's 430 schools closed because yes. of that? Yes. Fantastic. All right. That is uh, all on the way this hour, ladies and germs. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. It is Monday morning, ladies and gentle persons. It's 503-228-4101. Still to come today, uh, we have uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Later on, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, plus our feature or marquee interview uh, with Scott Weiland, uh, who's going to be coming to town later on this month. I can't wait to see the magic that Nibbler's done with that interview. It is. Here's the thing. and uh, So we haven't played the interview yet. It's going to be uh, later. I'm not going to sort of spin some fiction that it's live. I mean, we, uh, we taped it uh, on Friday because he's a busy man, busy schedule, and so forth. So uh, we're going to play that later on, and then we'll post the unexpurgated version online alongside it. And it'll be a uh, a new feature on the website called The Magic of Editing. 
So that'll be uh, that'll be coming up. Anthony Bourdain tickets coming up uh, today. A geek watch as well. Uh, Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on this Monday morning for your edification. Now well, we're going to talk about the life of Danny Gans. There's a phantom pooper out there, and it's affecting one major airline. Where it's a phantom what? Pooper. All right. Mm-hmm. And could it be that the mayor has a new boyfriend? And could he have been shopping for him when he was involved in an accident over the weekend? We'll find out. Why that is a tease, Tim. That is. Now I'm curious. By God, I'm going to listen through several segments to hear that payoff. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had thought about tuning away, but now I shall remain rapaciously glued to the radio. Don't touch that dial. I won't, Tim, because I'm afraid that I'll miss what you were teasing just now. You betcha. Good God almighty, that was compelling. All right. It is 503-228-4101. More ahead. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO Monday morning. Coming up here in just moments, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Rupp will join us from Los Angeles to, I swear to God, talk about the Zodiac Killer here in 2009, 21st century. Also, a pair of Brett Michaels tickets. Uh, we will. I was going to say we'll give them away, but you and I both know from experience that the odds are like 1 in 9 that it's actually going to happen. We will attempt to do that, however, uh, coming up with you in just a few minutes. Later on in the hour, Tim Riley will join us with uh, news. We've got Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian on the way as well. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> It is the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We were just talking about this song uh, during the break, that Disturbed song, that if I was like a 17-year-old boy who believed myself to be dark and mysterious, that would be the best song I had ever heard in my life. And I would buy like an oversized black trench coat, and I would stare at myself in a full-length bedroom mirror. and oh, I like would trying on your mom's lipstick? No. No, that's if oh. I were a serial killer. And I'd have a small pile of animal bones outside at which I would worship every morning. And you'd be whipping around the jacket, is that what you're saying? I, no, I would twirl the the, uh, the black trench coat around as though it were some sort of a demonic cape. And then I would say, and then, uh, and then I would just cry. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Still to come this hour, Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian and our feature interview uh, with Scott Weiland. In like uh, nine seconds here, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. However, we are going to endeavor to give away a pair of Brett Michaels tickets, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, if you are, uh, here's the thing. Listen to what I'm about to say before you call, because otherwise you just embarrass yourself and everyone around you. We have now, uh, as created by Sarah Dillon, we have a Rock of Love-based question. Because we decided that having people identify uh, the actual song or Poison video for Brett Michaels tickets, that went poorly. So instead we have this. This was uh, devised by Sarah to uh, capitalize on the recent Rock of Love phenomenon. The question is this. What was the name of the contestant on Season 2, Rock of Love, who wrapped herself, I swear to God it says this, as a present, then unwrapped herself as her talent? For the talent show portion for Brett Michaels, that is the season two Rock of Love contestant who wrapped herself, then unwrapped herself as a talent for Brett Michaels. If you meet caller 10 and answer that at 503-228-4101, you'll go to see Brett Michaels when he comes to the Roseland this Wednesday. In the meantime, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Show from Los Angeles, seeing the radio correspondent Jim Roop. Hello, sir. And a very good morning to you. How are you, my brother? How's How's life? Everything? Big plans for your Cinco de Mayo? Uh, no. I'm just going to sink in a bottle of tequila. <laughs> I'm going to Cinco in tequila. <gasps> oh, there ought to be a fantastic sandwich called Sink into Mayo. 
Wow, dude. Okay, come on. Let's all acknowledge. I know a lot of times I say things and everybody sort of oh, chuckles. That's a good one. People say, "Oh, that's really funny, Rick," and then they think, uh, the "Idiot." Uh, the, no, seriously. Yeah, a sandwich or perhaps some sort of a Dijon, uh, like a pesto mayonnaise dip, and it's called sink into mayo. Okay, I'm totally. I'm trademarking that, you sons of bitches. Wow. All right. See, those are the moments. That's why CBS hired me, Jim. It's for those observations right there. Those are the moments of transcendence which set our show apart. On tape at 6.30. That's right. Pacific Daylight Time on May 2nd, May 3rd. No one can steal it. That's what I'm saying. And you'll love our sink into mayo sandwich. Fantastic. Somebody better... You better get that going in the next day. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's what I do. It's you have to develop the sandwich first. You're going to have to make a sandwich that tastes amazingly great. No, the the key is pesto. That's the thing. Uh, if you're going to have any sort of a on Friday night, uh, this kind of the whole story. But on Friday night, I went. There's this place here called Potato Hero, which is this sounds weird, but it's sort of one of those late night food carts that's open until like three a.m. And they just they hand cut. And, you know, chop and shape and then uh, cook French fries right in front of you. And then you buy a big, big content, like one of those paper cones of French fries. But the gimmick that they have there, which sets it apart, is that they have like 50 different kinds of, of you know, sort of uh, condiments or whatever. One of them is this pesto mayonnaise, which is like the best thing you've ever had in your life. So I'm just saying that's that really is the key to mayonnaise uh, right there. Or occasionally you get a mayonnaise that has this. It's like a French kind of a mayonnaise, almost has like a Dijon flavor to it. Ah, now I'm hungry. Now, could you do... Dijon pesto and mayonnaise, little mixture. You know, this is America, Jim. You can blend any amount of flavors together. I wonder together. what that would taste like. Uh, you know, it would taste like awesome and coronary, but mainly awesome. So, uh, hey. not if you get light mayonnaise. No, <laughs> light mayonnaise. <laughs> is that light? L i t e. L i t e. Yeah. Give me some of that. D o n u t. Give me some of that light beer to go with it, and also, you know, and also just put me in the nursing home like now. My life is clearly over. In any event. Hey, so what happened to this, uh, uh, well, how, how should I put this? This thoroughly reputable woman who was claiming that her dad used to take her along to go uh, shoot guys because he was the Zodiac killer. Yeah, I spent some time with her on Friday. She is, uh, she's quite a case. Yes. <laughs> and man, I'm telling you, and the more you ask questions about that story, the more wacky she sounds. Now, that could very well be the case because if, I mean, if, if the Zodiac killer was wacky, Yes, yes, he was. And there's no. There's, that was the police assessment of I him. Mean, he could very well have spawned a wacky daughter, you know. So um, it, it, it's it, it that doesn't surprise me that she's way out. But she, you know, there's too many inconsistencies with her story, or she can't get into detail that you want to. Like, you know, why didn't you tell somebody? Well, I was seven years old. Well, you grew up. Yeah. Why didn't you tell somebody when you were thirteen? Well, because I was a little girl, not when you were thirteen. Like last week. 83. How old were you then? 20-something? You know? Well, it does seem like if that is, as you put it, a case of severe wackiness, that is the sort of... The apple doesn't fall too far from the nutty tree at that point. Yeah, you're right. So, well, then she claimed, and I might be wrong about this, then she claimed that she's got like a pair of eyeglasses or something that he took from one of the victims. The the cab driver that was, and and she was there with him when he, when uh, he was killed. Right. And uh, she said it was that one and uh, one of the teenage girls that were killed. And that she said her father would uh, explain away the gunshots that it was uh, firecrackers. Now that would, that sounds legit to me, you know, Uh, but. She also said she wrote a letter to Melvin Belli uh, for her dad asking for help. Why didn't she, I don't know why she didn't write to the police or a doctor. 
You know, my, I'm sick. I need help. Well, why Melvin Belli, and why would a seven-year-old girl know to, know to write a letter to Melvin Belli? Then she said she and her father went to Melvin Belli's office, but he wasn't there. He was out of the country. Well, didn't you have an appointment? Uh, yes. So he decided to go out of the country when you were bringing in the Zodiac Killer. So I, I hate to say this, Jim, but I I find this story somewhat implausible. No. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. The well, rain we'll, we'll wait for the CDC to confirm it. Yeah, no. The CDC has to apparently confirm anything before yeah. you can call anything anything. Today. Apparently, that is, is that yeah. is that the case? That's, you know, there's 14 sailors sick on a ship in San Diego. I can't mention anything until the CDC confirms it's H1N1. Hey, they got the flu. You know, I don't even really care. <laughs> it is. That's the see. That is the broadcasting spirit that gives us the spark that you know we helps us stand apart, Jim. Is there really when all all is said and done? Do you care? Do I care? Fourteen sailors have the flu. Look, no. Look, can you and Am I be I concerned un- that it might spread? Can, no, they're on a ship. Can you and I? Uh, can you and I just speak honestly as men here? I look. I lived in San Diego for some time, and we here in Portland are in a port city. Fourteen guys on a ship who've suddenly come to port. Probably the odds are that about half the guys on the ship are going to come down with a case of something. It ain't swine flu. That's what I'm saying. You know, and it depends. I mean, a shot of penicillin won't cure. <laughs> That's exactly exactly it. Not so much swine flu, although she may be demonstrably hey, hey. pig-like. <laughs> All right. Somebody's daughter. Yeah, Maybe I didn't say that. You said daughter. that. Uh, on that note, sir, have a uh, have a fantastic California day. Hey, thanks for kicking off my week, man. Uh, I appreciate it. It's what I do, Jim. I bring <laughs> merriment and light to people. You do it so well. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Jim Roop from CNN Radio, Los Angeles. All right, excellent, fantastic. Uh, let's see. We have. Oh, and now I think. Wait, did that me, Greg? Did I just inadvertently hang up on? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, we'll do this. Oh, it was her fault. She hung up. All right, fantastic. It was uh, caller ten, and I went to pick her up, and the line vanished. And I was uh, I was afeared uh, that I had done that myself. Apparently not. Yourself. All right. Well, let's uh, welcome now the backup caller ten. This is uh, Kelly. Am I reading that correctly, Kelly? Yes. Yeah, H- Hello, Kelly. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I am. Uh, I would say I'm a seven point five on the classic one to nine scale. That's not. That's not bad. No, it isn't. No, it Very isn't. Early, so. No. Uh, all right. Are you a Brett Michaels fan, Kelly? Yeah, I'm. I'm a fan of his show. Uh, and some of his songs too. I was I grew up in the '80s a little bit, so yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I remember the first time I watched Rock of Love. This is really because my wife is a big fan of that, and I'm a Poison fan, and she's a Rock of Love fan. So we've kind of got the whole thing between the two of us. We've got it all. Uh, we've got it all buttoned up. I just remember walking through the living room while she was watching Rock of Love, and there's a woman in a plexiglass booth who, like, he puts a quarter in the thing, and then she just starts ironing his shirts. And I thought to myself, this is really. If any guy is watching television, this is why young men learn to play the guitar. Because you can get women competing to do your laundry, which is really just one of the greatest things on earth. So, all right. Yeah, uh, would you uh, would you iron Brett Michaels shirts for him if he asked you to do so? Um, yeah, he seems like a pretty cool guy. Excellent. There you go, kids. I hope you're paying attention. All right, Kelly. What was the name of the contestant on season two, Rock of Love, who wrapped and then unwrapped herself as a present as her quote talent for Brett Michaels? Okay, I believe it was Amber. Is this the answer you're going to stick with? Yes. All right. Congratulations. The answer is, in fact, Amber. Well done, Kelly. You're going to go right. see Brett Michaels at the Roseland May 6th, as long uh, as well as uh, meet and greet passes for you and a guest, and the chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night. Nothing but a good time. Congratulations, oh gosh, Amber. That's awesome. Best day ever. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Amber. I'm going to put you back on hold. Greg Nibbler will get your information. Thank you for listening. Yeah. The Rick Everson Show. 
It is 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are you tracking on this Monday? Well, fancy you should ask. A woman is arrested in West Lynn for allegedly drunk driving with kids in the car. A Gresham man is arrested for having sex with a dog. And a McMinnville man is charged with drunk driving twice in one day. The uh, news with Tim Riley is next, coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Later on, Scott Weiland, ladies and gentlemen. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I feel the strange urge to put on a backward baseball cap and a Big Johnson t-shirt. <laughs> Me too. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Still to come, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, who will wrap up the weekend box office for us. Later on, we'll give away a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain, who is the greatest person who's ever lived, and I'm including Jesus in that. Uh, he will be at the Newmark Theater on May 29th, and uh, tickets are on sale now. We will have tickets to give away for that. Plus, we're going to be talking uh, details about ZombieCon PDX, uh, which is coming up, not this weekend, but uh, next weekend we'll be uh, taking a, a huge... It, it, it'll, there'll be a huge swath of the station uh, devoted to all things zombified, so we'll be talking about that. In the meantime, you can find out more details at ZombieCon PDX.com. You'll be listening for details on that to be unveiled later on the show as well. Uh, plus... Wait, what did I say? Did I say Anthony Bourdain? Yes, and uh, our feature interview with Scott Weiland coming up later on as well. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. The Oregon National Guard says nearly 2,700 uh, soldiers are scheduled to depart in the coming days for Iraq. They're going to be there for 10 months. This is the largest deployment of Oregon's Guard since World War II. Now, the British have already left. They showed a picture in the paper of these smoldering rocks saying mission accomplished with the British. They're gone. So we're left with this mess for who knows, for a few months longer anyway. Well, it looks like the mayor has been in an automobile accident. Yes. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because we're not. So Was he rear-ended? No. Fine. Are you happy? Sons no. of bitches. He, he, wow. He, Why are you? I mean, no, no. He, looking he, at me. The Portland police. Department says he stepped on the accelerator instead of the brakes, as can happen to anyone. It has happened to the mayor before. This happened in front of car toys. Uh huh. There are no details on what might have been going on inside the mayor's truck when he stepped on the gas instead of the brake. Well, this is sort of the this is that thing that happens in every story where every senior citizen has plowed through the front of a hardware store Mm -hmm. and they come and they talk to the senior citizen. It was the mayor that did the plowing this time. (laughs) Well done, Tim Riley. That is the sort of news and entertainment that sets this show apart, ladies and gentlemen. So he called it a fender bender, but here are a picture of two wrecked cars in this small fender bender. That is not a fender bender. That is a full-on accident that happened there. Wait, so so he hit the other car? Yes. Now, I mean, they were both, were they parked? Was this at an intersection? Witnesses said the mayor's truck rear-ended a white Subaru and hit a parked Honda before coming to arrest on the other side of the parking lot. At Car Toys. Well, that seems like uh, one of our proud sponsors. That seems like <laughs> a that seems like a little bit more of a of a bump, though. You know what I mean? Like in other words, if he more hit more of a bump, yes. If he hit one car, but then actually kept going and then hit a second car on the other side of the parking lot, it sounds like that seems almost like a full. I mean, I don't know the details of the accident. That seems almost like a full speed collision. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. Full random. It was so uh, the mayor calls the fender bender probably uh, by a friend a new toy at Car Toys. So. He uh, went the accelerator instead of the brake, and that's what happened. The official assessment of uh, of the CBS radio news department. He's just not catching a break lately. No, no he's not. <laughs> no, he's not.
and probably won't be in the foreseeable future. Well, aren't we? I mean, I'll, I'll just talk about this. So on Friday, we were discussing that Oregonian piece where they were saying that he called Bob Breedlove like 98 times or something at home, and including on his 18th birthday, presumably to wish him well and to uh, bring him into the fold of manhood, verbally speaking, by yeah. way of congratulations. But had we not also discussed that I think this week we are at the... Is it this week that's a six-month period since the election? I think it's coming up shortly, yes. Because what was, so the election was, so November, so December, January, February, March, April, May. So that's six months this month, which means that's when they could start doing that recall thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I, there remains to be, and I don't, even, I don't know what's involved in that. I don't know if you have to, like, get, like, a, a petition or signatures or something, but it seems like they could be uh, rolling that out right about now. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Then that's it. It's going to possibly be rainy through Wednesday, and the bad rain is going to start around noontime today. It's going to be 61 degrees. Just thought I'd throw the weather in there, because that's what people want to hear this time of the morning. Then people might forget where they're living. Absolutely. All right. They, uh, Danny Gans, we didn't have time to pay tribute to him. Danny Gans, the man with all the billboards in Vegas, he died in his sleep mysteriously. I found this uh, little piece of sound on part of his act, so let's listen to it. Waiting for the break of day. Is this Danny Gans? Was he a musical impressionist? Yes, he was. And that's what you missed. Okay. See, because you're thinking the show will be there forever. Well, because it said, I mean, there were billboards that said something to the effect of Gans every night forever. And so I just assume, you know, like, for, well, I mean, Christ, Wayne Newton's like a thousand years old. He's like Methuselah up there. He just continues to go there. And why does he need any more money? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, Tim. Why? I do. I do know that uh, Wayne Newton is still able to get up there, and he does this horrible, uh, he has this uh, the awful... Well, he hasn't been able to sing in 20 years, but nobody's able to say that inside. Nobody Vegas. wants to... Mr. Newton, you're you're not really able to speak anymore as such, sir. Your larynx appears totally frozen and un- unfunctional. You don't know what you're talking about. Daytime eyes about sixty. Where is that happening, Tim? Uh, right here in Portland. In Portland, you're we saying we are live, local, and relatable. There's going to be weather happening right here. Yes, to me. Yes, excellent. Rain will fall from the sky. It's going to be wet. Also, let me just say this final thing about Wayne Newton. He still does at the age of four hundred and ninety-five this horrible ritual where he gets these scarves. And he sort of mops up his sweat, which is copious, by the way, and I one suspects viscous. He mops the sweat off of his body, and then he tosses these scarves that are now drenched with his essence into the, the first few rows, where just a bunch of portly, homely women fight over them like it was just scraps of, of bread and darfur. I mean, it's yeah. just unbelievable. And lick the scarves. I seriously, I, thank you, Wayne. I'm going to take it home and sponge myself with it. It's just the most off-putting thing you've ever seen. Danny Gans, however, here's the thing about Danny Gans. He seemed sort of like the Ryan Seacrest of Las Vegas, by which I mean he didn't seem to have any demonstrable personality or sort of skill as such or talent at anything, but he was omnipresent and seemed totally uh, textureless. And I don't mean that in terms of personality. I mean that true, that too. But you, but you would look at pictures of Danny Gans, and it was like, it was like a, a sort of Ken doll come to life, but then you realize if Ken was an actual person, how unbelievably bland looking he would be. And I have this theory that Danny Gans was, he, he was specifically picked to play in Vegas forever because, again, he had, the, there was no actual, uh, there were no actual facets to him that you, that you could ever figure out. And so you'd see these billboards and you'd think to yourself, 
I have no idea what he is, what he does, what his act consists of, which then allowed them to just market him as entertainer of, uh, you know, of the year forever. And people would just go see him because there were no preconceptions. So does this mean now they're going to be Danny Gans impressionists? See, I was thinking that on Friday that I should become the first Danny Gans tribute act uh, to play in Vegas. And I'd call myself Gan Gantastic Gans Ganzilla Gans Gan Gantuan. No, Gans, Gans, Gans. No, uh, Gans, Gans, I've got nothing. But it's see, the, but it, it, the time is right. Look, if a guy can be Doctor Javegas, which is like the best performance name ever, then I can be sort of Gantastic. I like Gantastic. Gantastic. All right, I'll think on it. Anyway, all right, uh, let's do uh, one more. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Exclusive: David Hasselhoff has alcohol poisoning. It was rushed to Cedar Sinai. Yes, this time the rescuer was his ex-wife, Pamela Bach, for whom he's bitterly estranged. Haley, the child, called Mom, who lives 10 miles away from the Hollywood Hills, and she rushed to the scene and drove the house to the hospital where doctors began saving his life. This time, the vodka-guzzling America's Got Talent judge registered a staggering .39 alcohol level. Drink driving in California is 08. Haley kept slapping her dad's face to keep him alive. He was barely breathing when he got to the hospital. He's recovering, says Pam and his people. He's joking with doctors, Tim. She was at his bedside till 4 a.m., you think so? Decided to uh, turn his life around. It's a new lease for him. This is the seventh time he's been to the hospital, but people just won't give up. Hey, can I uh, speak? How many visits does it take before he dies, asked one. <laughs> is that like how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? Yes. How many bouts with blood alcohol poisoning does it take for David Hasselhoff to finally perish? One, two, seven. Let me just speak to everybody involved with David Hasselhoff. Now, what is the motivation for keeping him alive? I really that want to know. That is a good question, isn't it? I mean, really, what is, he, what is he offering the world? I mean, at this point, it seems like everyone would probably be better served. I mean, emotionally, financially, just in terms of time management. Just just let that mortal coil gently slide off into a whiskey-soaked nether, neverland. But, but you then, know? on the other hand, you have someone like Ed McMahon, and you wonder, Ed, why do you want to be alive? <laughs> I mean, every morning it's something different. It just Seriously. gets worse. Wait, the, so the only thing new about him is his teeth. The, the rest <laughs> of him is just whittling away. And he has, and those teeth... They're like sagging wrinkles, but beautiful teeth. <laughs> He's, the, Ed McMahon's teeth are sort of like... It is a little bit like when you see the aging, uh, wrinkled, sun-baked actress with the fake uh, boobs. And it's like, they're, they're the only thing that is still sort of in shape. You know, whereas the rest of her is just, you know, she's just turned into the Crypt Keeper. Ed McMahon has got those big Lou Dobbs teeth, and then everything around the teeth. It's sort of like the teeth are sucking the life force from the rest of his body. It's like they are some sort of sentient being in and of themselves. And he just... He's not even hawking the stuff he used to, like, those bathtubs where senior citizens will not drown. <laughs> That is exactly right. Oh, man. Does he still have a broken neck? Yeah. All right. Everything about him is broken. He just wakes up every morning. Well, it's another day. It's like, why am I still here? There's nothing left on him that's functioning except for his teeth, probably. Uh, Wow. He's able to muster a smile through it all. Brave Ed McMahon. Uh, uh, Did I tell you we're going to have rain through Wednesday? Daytime high is about 61 or so. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rick Everson Show coming up next hour. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here. Just trying to give the people what they want. That's right, Tim. Tim, you don't want to put, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there. That all came out of my mouth so unbelievably jumbled just now. 
Okay. I was spending too much time processing your weather. Ugh. All right, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian joins us in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll be giving away tickets to see Anthony Bourdain later on our interview with Scott Weiland. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, Monday morning, 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, within this hour, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here. We'll talk about the uh, weekend box office, at which Wolverine uh, was victorious, by the way. It's good to see that movie piracy destroys everything. No one will spend money on anything that is leaked on the Internet. Only $87 million is spent. By God damn, the travesty is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? We have uh, Anthony Bourdain tickets we are going to be giving away uh, before the end of the program. And then later on in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, we will have our interview with Scott Weiland. Uh, don't forget, in the meantime, in between time, you ought to be going to ZombieCon PDX. That is uh, just like it sounds. Z-O-M-B-I-E Con. C-O-N. PDX. ZombieCon pdx.com. ZombieCon happens May 15th, 16th, and 17th. You're going to hear more about it. It features the Zompire Film Festival, as well as Portland's only uh, zombie prom. So that's going to be happening, and uh, we will be talking a lot more about it. We'll have uh, giveaways and other zombie-related features and activities for everyone. ZombieCon PDX, uh, brought to you by the Rick Emerson Show and Rock 101 KUFO. So that is all on the way as well. And by the way, what we're talking about is words and lingo and language. So we want to thank uh, our good uh, friends at Couple, uh, so uh, 98.7 Couple, who are our sister station. They actually have just moved into this building as of today. So uh, Jake and Alana just came in, and they brought us uh, some bagels and uh, some Easy Mac and some other things. And you used the word schmear, which I don't think is an actual word. Does it say well, that? That's what it was called. It says schmear on it. So what but am I, I supposed to say? But I think, but isn't that a made-up uh, isn't that a made up term? I don't know what I don't know what the brand. I think so. Of that New is. York, I've always like would have bagels and schmear. God, see, but just when you say it, that just even well, it's just like swag, like the some see, words just sound made up. But that's not a real word either. That's a completely fabricated word. That is a word that that, that is a thing uh, that people have. That is a thing that people have begun saying as though it were true, and it's really not. Swag is spelled S W A G. There is no H in that word. There's no C H in that word. Isn't especially that swag. No, no, swag. no, swag would be no swag would be S W A I G. Swag is S W A G. Swag is a thing said by people who think that it's a Yiddish word and it's not. So let's all just be let's all be clear on that. There is no word schmear. There is no word swag. Except for the fact is there is a word schmear because okay. it says it right there. But I guess I'm like, saying, what am I? Am I supposed to mispronounce? Am I supposed to say like smear? Okay, but I'm saying that. What brand is this? Noah's. Okay, so Noah's. In other words, so they specifically have a brand of cream cheese that they call that, but it, but it's not like an actual word. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's like certs having retzen. Like retzen is a thing they made up, but like there mm. is no actual word retzen because it's fabricated. Uh, schmear is. I think that is just a, that's whole cloth. That's just uh, pulled out of the air. I think. Uh, Tim Riley is tracking the following, uh, what? Let's do news. Really? Yeah. Sure, why not? For reals. Can't we, Tim? Yes, can I come with? All right, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk, I guess. In the news with Tim Riley. I want to thank our, our friends at Couple for the Irish oatmeal they gave me. Two big cans. And I'm a big oatmeal eater. By the way, you can tell exactly uh, how we are perceived uh, the, the, on the air and by various people in Portland and various factions of CBS Radio. They brought Tim two cans of really unbelievably good-looking, uh, <laughs> healthy, natural oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Looks as though it was made from the purest grains, milled by hand, lovingly packaged, and then sold at a fair price. And then they brought... By appointment of the queen. 
And then they, and then they, and then they bought me uh, like this big thing of you know, candy coffee, cigarettes, a big, a big thing of of artificial chemical stimulant and syrup, cans and cans of Easy Mac. So I feel the classiest of the bunch. All right, here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. So now there are three confirmed cases of the swine flu here, and they closed some schools. The schools in Forest Grove are closed today, and the uh, schools in Polk County are going to be closed for the entire week. So all you kids are expected to stay home and behave yourself. That according to the government. What the scientists tell us uh, unanimously is that closing the border in this circumstance uh, doesn't make any sense because uh, this flu uh, already has spread. So stop asking us to close the Mexican border. We wouldn't do it on a regular day anyway. I'm looking at you, Lou Dobbs. So anyway, somebody wrote to me, remember the swine flu of 1976, and told me he did get a shot in the Air Force 1976. Uh, About five minutes after the shot, he passed out. His blood pressure was well over 200, he said. Uh, the medic stated that it was for the swine flu, and because he was in the military, they got to be tested for it first. That's where the military gets all the fun things first, Tim. All right. Nothing but, it's, really, it's nothing but fun assignments when you're in the military. Somebody told me that the 76 swine flu, that the reason you don't hear about that vaccine or the reason that you didn't, that you kind of, people stop talking about it is because it had some weird... I don't know, it was like some weird Crippen virus thing where, like, they gave it to people and then it's like your eyeballs all, uh, you know, fell out or something. Like, it's you just that, begin bleeding out of the uh, ears. About five minutes after I got the shot, uh, I felt like my heart rate was going nuts. The machine said my blood pressure was well over 200. About 30 minutes elapsed. I regained consciousness and looked around and noticed half the other men had passed out also. Ah, that's great. A strange man in the chart was gone. <laughs> well... That's what happens when you join the military. Good rib sticking food. And then suddenly. Oh, man. <laughs> and then suddenly Tim Robbins and I were being zipped up in a body bag at the end. And the whole thing had been one big nightmare. That's the swine flu from 1976. Let's do uh, one more here and then we'll get uh, caught up with Christy Turnquist around the corner. Uh, a Puyallup, Washington man crashed into some outhouses. Thank goodness he did because it saved his life. He walked away after he crashed his small uh, plane. Thankfully, all this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, he, he walked away without injuries. But, of course, he needed a shower right after that. Thankfully, all this feces broke my fall. Mm-hmm. Basically. All right. It's 503-228-4101, the Rick Emerson Show. That, well, I have a story about that later. Well, feces breaking my fall? Uh, something similar. Okay. It's a tease. Yes, it is, Tim. we're fond of doing on this program. It's a... We're teasing some of our exciting talk that's coming up later. It is, in fact, a talk tease. It's 503-228-4101. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian next. Later on, Anthony Bourdain tickets and Scott Weiland. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. There you go. They're a precursor to their heavier-than-heavy cover of Spies Like Us. Uh, that is uh, Guns N' Roses and Live and Let Die. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, before the end of the show, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain. He's going to be at the Newmark Theater on May 29th. He is the greatest human being who has ever lived. Yeah, you're uh, kind of obsessed with him. Uh, here's the thing. Have you ever watched his show? No. Oh, come on! The, the, just the, well, you're t- talking about traveling, and my only traveling man that I'm obsessed with is Rick Steves. No! 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 Did you say that? Did someone tell you to say that to annoy no, me? No, I love Rick Steves. I own all of his um, videos, and I own some books that he's written. I've never watched Anthony's Bordello. <laughs> 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 I don't even know where to. There's just too much here. I don't even know where to start. Sometimes when I, because I lived in London for a while, and sometimes when I want to think about it, I'll, I'll pop in my best of Europe travels. Rick Steves. Okay, here's the thing about Rick Steves. 
Uh, my wife owns a lot of Rick Steves book uh, books. I mean, there's a lot of you know, he's he, he's easy to listen to. He is easy to listen to, and he's a good entry level uh, way to sort of see stuff. I, I totally get that. The, but it's, and I'm not trying to knock Rick Steves. I'm just saying like Rick Steves and Anthony Bourdain. It 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 is the difference between the difference between Rick Steves and Anthony Bourdain is really the difference between some forty one. And and like the Sex Pistols, he lives life on the edge. I mean, it is just he's just the greatest guy, and he and in a way that is not like contrived or, or put on or whatever. He's just the coolest guy who has ever walked the earth. Um, I almost feel now like I got to give you like the episode of his show where he did Portland, where he came to to the I'll Northwest. I'll find it on the internet because it's him and it's him and Polinick, uh who do it together. So it's just a, it is awesome. Uh, so the Newmark Theater, May 29th, Anthony Bourdain is going to be here. We'll have uh, tickets for that, uh, and we will have our interview with Scott Weiland as well. Most importantly, coming up in nine minutes, Tim Riley will have the weather for you. The weather? That is. Did you n- say the weather? Tim, it's nine minutes away. Mm-hmm. The weather has something to do with the R word. That's all I'm saying. All right. No, we don't want to give. Uh, we don't give the whole thing out now, because it's it a is a three-letter uh, word that begins with R. A three-letter. A word? three-letter word. Four-letter word. <laughs> It was a bad tease. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. I got you know, thinking. No, but here's the thing. Sure for, for, but you should have left it should be doing. No, for a moment it was really compelling because I couldn't possibly imagine what it was. Raw, ram, rot, red. <laughs> it's going to be a ram weather day. Seriously, today the weather is entirely red. My God. <laughs> I'm sorry to cause all these problems. All right. Well, there you go. That's no way to attend, Cher, Tim. It is 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian pop culture writer. What do you mean it's a three-letter word that doesn't even make any sense? Why you know, was... he's not paid to be able to spell. He's paid to give us the weather. Oh, that's true. I'm just slightly dyslectic when it comes to weather. In your head, what letter were you leaving out, do you think? The I. I mean, was it just Ren? <laughs> All right. Ran? Uh, Christy Turnquist, pop culture writer for the Oregonian. Good morning, and how are you today? I'm just fine, and I was thinking that the you know the three letter word that started with R might be rot. Also, rot, rot weather. Raw. There's going to be some raw weather happening. <laughs> there you go. All right. Jesus. God the Oregonian Almighty. doesn't have the weather on the front page. That's not true, Tim. That's I'm a sorry, dirty it, lie. It's at the bottom of the page. They moved it. We have incredibly detailed weather. We have the most rockin' weather that you can that you can have. So am I correct to say that the Monday Oregonian has three sections, A, B, and C? Uh, Are we missing a section? <laughs> has somebody stolen part of our paper? I think Metro is incorporated in the A section. Have they? Oh. Is there now A? There's oh, a consolidation. There's It's a confluence of sections. I'm looking for where it says Metro. As long as the bridge column remains intact, World. that's really all I care about. <laughs> metro and obituaries. See? Okay. A metro and obituaries? <laughs> yes. Let me a uh, metro. That's only the fashionable Met- deaths. Metro ituaries. That's, the, uh, that's only when you, uh, that's only when you die with socks with that match your belt. See, we, we, we meet all your needs from, you know, cradle to grave with weather in between. It's almost hard to believe that nobody's come up with that as some sort of a slogan. I know. It's catchy, isn't it? Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, do you know anybody personally? And I don't mean like you heard about a guy or there was like somebody who knew a guy who once met a guy who. Do you know anybody that reads the bridge column? Not just in the Oregonian, but in any paper ever. Well, apparently we do have some very loyal readers of the column because if if ever there's a problem with it, if we run, you know, like the prior days bridge column or something, people get extremely exercised. They get and exercise is exactly the word too. They wouldn't get angry. They would get very up. They would become um, they would become irritated and perhaps vexed or sullen about that. I think vexed. Tim, do you have the bridge section? Is it, What's the bridge is, it, is it next to the Wizard of Id? Yes, everything's <laughs> next to the Wizard of Id. The Wizard of Id is really that's your that's your focal point. 
The Wizard of oh, Eden is. It is sort of the nexus around which all things are located. Is it down by a Wonder Wars and Jumble? Yes. You know, are we still running? I'm, I'm not sure if we're still running the bridge column. Christy Turnquist of the Oregonian, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes you, yes, you are. It's at the top of the page. Aces on Bridge by... Bobby Wolf. Can it's I, like I said, we run the bridge column, and it is incredibly well read. That's what I said. <laughs> hey, Sarah, you, what is you, the bridge column? I, I'll show you. Sarah, can you hold on a second? Sarah, can you locate me some jazz music? <laughs> um, can you find, like, on the YouTubes? Can you find yes, me some, find uh, like, maybe a little Miles Davis? If it's you can, the first thing I read every day. If you, <laughs> if you can find me, if you can find me, like, like the kind of blue record, perhaps anything off of that. I own that record. Really? So do I. All right. <laughs> Hi, we're white. We all own Miles Davis kind of blue. All right, that's fantastic. I also go home and I listen to No Woman, No Cry sometimes, and I try to feel very cultured about things. Good God almighty. Uh, so we will uh, we will return to the issue of Bridge here in just one moment. Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian, We, uh, you and I were uh, emailing this weekend about Wolverine, and there was all this talk that the rampant piracy that's happening online, what with the illicit sharing of files, oh, yeah. was going to be decimating the film industry, which didn't really appear to happen like as such, because Wolverine made like $87 billion or something. Well, the you know hu- super huge mega corporations that put out these things went into a giant tizzy when uh, Wolverine was leaked online. They thought they weren't going to be able to you know get backsides and seats. But apparently they still were, despite the reviews, which also made it sound like some kind of toxic waste spill. It did. Uh, it did make eighty-seven million, and weirdly, uh, weirdly, a lot of those, a lot of those people weren't just fanboys, but women. So apparently, the buff Hugh Jackman factor worked for them. Because... I have uh, Hugh Jackman thanking everyone. Do they? Well, do, do they, uh, Sarah, do chicks dig Hugh Jackman? I don't. I don't either. No, really. there's some. I, I just don't find him attractive. I do dig Ryan Reynolds. Though. All right. Well, oh. no, because Ryan Reynolds is sort of like he's like a uh, he's like a non weird, non greasy, non scruffy, non Scientologist Jason Lee. I mean, that's <gasps> that's the thing. He okay, reminds I me. See that. I totally. He is like. In other words, if Jason Lee's life were to be made into a movie, you wouldn't even get Jason Lee to play himself. You would get Ryan Reynolds to play him. Just like Paul Rudd would play Ben Affleck. Oh, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. So I see there, but see, that's what I'm saying right there. So now if they decide to make him like the sub, the submariner or whatever, you will totally go to see that. You know, I mean, that's just you know, like if he was going to make your Space Ghost the movie with Paul Rudd, it, Christy Turnquist would be right there in the audience to watch that. You know, I kind of disagree about Ryan Reynolds though. I think he has eyes like you know toffee lozenges. There's just no expression in those eyes. <laughs> eyes like toffee lozenges. He does have he does. his eyes are a little beady. Yeah. When was the last yeah. time you ever saw toffee lozenge? I don't even know what one of those look I don't, like. But she said it, but at the same time, doesn't it make perfect sense? It's I sad. guess it does. Is that like in Twilight when she describes uh, Edward as having smoldering butterscotch eyes? Dude, Sarah Wagner, let me borrow Twilight. I'm gonna start reading it today. It's the worst book ever written. Okay. It's Really looks pretty damn good. It is unbelievably <laughs> awful. But here's the thing, is you can read that book in a day. Yeah. I mean, it's like reading a leaflet. I mean, it's just no, I mean, it, and here's the other thing. You know what Twilight the book is like? And I'm not ashamed to admit that I read it. I stay in touch with my own culture. Um, Twilight the book, we were talking about so-called schmear earlier. This is like kind of cream cheese. Did you ever get that cream cheese at the store? And I know you have where it's, how do I put this? There's two kinds of cream cheese. There's the regular kind that has the consistency of butter where you're kind of going, and you like take it out and you put it on the bagel and you spread it around. And then there's that other cream cheese that is like, you know what I mean? It's got puffed, it's puffed with air or oh, something. Whipped cream cheese. But that's what I'm saying. Whipped, and, yeah. and you get the feeling that if you were to sort of condense it down, there's really like only one third of that container's worth of cream cheese, but they whip it full of air and so it it's looks really like good. it has more than it does. Twilight is like a whipped book. <laughs> I mean, it is like a normal book that would be about 100 pages long that she's gone and she's filled full of just crap. 
and then she's inflated it to look like a 400-page book when it really uh, is not. All right, uh, Sarah. Do we have uh, do we have our, uh, some jazz over there? Oh, we do. All right, I will. I'll take us into break uh, with this. We'll come back more from Christy Turnquist of the Oregonian. Uh, Tim Riley has news next hour. We have Anthony Bourdain tickets and Scott Weiland. All right. So now I give to you. This is direct from today's uh, uh, copy of the Oregonian. B four. This is by Bobby Wolf. Because I've always felt that the bridge column was almost like a weird sort of absurdist Ginsburg poetry. You're going to have to explain to me what this bridge column is. I don't it's, know if you're talking about like bridges or the game or what. Yes, yes, it's a column all about bridges. <laughs> they highlight a different bridge every day. The Selwood Bridge. The Ross Allen Bridge. This, the Selwood Bridge has killed no one today. I mean, as of 742. No, this is about bridge the card game. I'm going to read this now unexpurgated from the, uh, from the Oregonian. It's good so far. It's, it's easy to predict the defense that today's no Trump most tables. West will lead the spade jack won by declaring queen. The queen more deceptive than the king, letting East think that West might have the king. What is this? Next, it's the bridge column. Show a little respect. <laughs> Next will come the diamond nine to East Queen for a second round of spades. Declarer will win in hand and clear the diamonds, leaving the defenders to take the last trick if they defend accurately. East-West records their minus 430, moving on to the next deal, without realizing that they had the opportunity to alter destiny. Can you see how? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Is this like playing card porn? I don't get it. (laughs) Aces on Bridge by Bobby Wolf. (laughs) That'll make a great weekend show on an AM station. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if only that were possible. It's 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We continue next. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Ah, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Monday morning. Too much booze. David Hasselhoff is rushed unconscious to the hospital. He's brought back to life again. A talking parrot missing from its home in the Couve. And somebody's having sex with a dog in a nearby town. You mean like right now? Was. Uh, well, I don't know at this very moment. I'm not monitoring their behavior. <laughs> well, it is. It is Gresham. Uh, I, I think. Maybe. I don't know. More than likely. I, I, how, how will I find out for sure, Tim? You'll have to keep listening to this very radio station. My God. Don't touch that dial. It's devious and brilliant. It's 503-228-4101. We will also continue with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. It is Rock 101. KUFO. It is a Rick Emerson show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. By the way, unless, uh, in case you've missed uh, my most glorious uh, idea today, I think that for tomorrow there ought to be a sandwich created somewhere at a local sandwich emporium called a Sink into Mayo. Sink into Mayo. Fine, whatever. Uh, coming up next hour, Anthony Bourdain tickets, as well as our interview with Scott Weiland. We are joined today by uh, pop culture writer Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Uh, so we were, by the way, we were talking about Yiddish during the break. Do you know the difference between a shlemiel and a shlemazel? Uh, I don't, actually. All right. A shlemiel is uh, a bumbling fool. A shlemazel is the unwitting bystander who is the victim of the shlemiel's incompetence. For Think of it this way. A shlemiel spills the soup. A shlemazel gets the soup spilled upon him. Wow. There you go. Now you are a little bit smarter in the ways of Yiddish than you were earlier. I am. That's fascinating. Also, as somebody once noted, I think it was Donatella Moss, uh, even though it sounds Yiddish, spatula, not Yiddish. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so Wolverine, number one with 87 million at the box office yep. this weekend. And then beyond that, it was like the sort of Wolverine and then all the rest. I mean, I don't even know what was, I don't even know what else was playing. I didn't even really leave the house this weekend except to see Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek was so Which good. was so awesome. Awesome. It was righteous. It can't is wait awesome. to see it again. I mean, all four of us here in this room were lucky enough to see Star Trek. We uh, gave away a lot of tickets uh, a couple weeks ago. And so there were many listeners who joined us there. So if you are listening, if you're one of those uh, lucky few, then you know how glorious it was. Yeah. It was, I'm going to see it again uh, opening night. I mean, it was really quite something. It was fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm going to take all my friends and neighbors. So uh, (laughs) uh, what else was was vainly attempting to succeed at the box office this weekend? And vainly is the word for the number two movie, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. I've never heard of this movie. I don't know what it is. That was the craptacular looking movie with (laughs) Matthew McConaughey yet again trying to work through his commitment issues on screen. It's almost hard to believe they didn't use you as a pull quote for that. (laughs) It's craptacular. (laughs) Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. How many times do they think women want to see this guy, uh, you know, try to settle down with a good woman amid hijinks and hilarity? I don't know. It seems like diminishing returns because it only made 15 mil, which for a movie like this is pretty bad. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's past his prime, too. He's so totally. And doesn't he look like he stinks? He totally looks (laughs) like Seriously, I mean, he looks like he smells. And I mean, and smells bad and smells of grease and just and filth and a kind of funk that no amount of washing is going to take out of his clothes. I think that's all sort of permatan, you know, Yeah, Yeah, like shiny, like shirtless body running around. He just looks gross. He seems like a, you know what he seems like? You know, you were talking earlier about how Ryan Reynolds is the guy that would play Jason Lee in the movie of Jason Lee's life. Doesn't Matthew McConaughey seem like he seems like the stupid real life version of like Woody Harrelson. You know what I mean? Oh, I could see that. Woody Harrelson has that same sort of like you that. suspect he just spends all his time uh, like working on weed related causes and yeah. not bathing. Yeah. But but I get the sense that Woody Harrelson, there's an actual there's like an intellect functioning underneath all that the layer of grime. Matthew yeah. McConaughey, I think it's just a whole lot of like sitting and staring into the mirror like naked while playing a bongo drum and saying things like, you know, but who is the egg man? <laughs> And why isn't the egg man an egg woman? <laughs> Don't forget him, you know, running on the beach and being photographed Ugh. shirtless. Uh, that's his other main activity. Yeah, the last time he was hot was in great. Dazed and Confused. Yeah. That's it. I think that was the last good movie uh, he made, too. He was, I would say this is my objective assessment. I'd say he was moderately hot in contact because he had the hot preach, the priest thing going on. Oh, but he, didn't he have bad hair in that movie? Well, he has bad hair and everything, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, he does. He, and he was actually hot in, uh, was he in A Time to Kill? Ed TV? Yeah, he was, yeah. Didn't Woody Harrelson play his brother in Ed TV? I don't I was know. I thinking he did. I can't really remember. Well, I guess he did a few good movies. I'm thinking that they've done multiple films together, but maybe I'm only thinking that because it seems like, because they seem so similar to me. They do, kind of. No, yeah. yeah, nothing. All right. Uh, what, and then there was, the, you were talking about The Soloist, which yeah. is the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, uh, Jamie Foxx movie. Jamie Foxx thing, which I have to tell you this, I don't know anything about it. All I know is that I saw the poster, and based on the poster, I decided it was something I would never see because it looked very much like a... Here's what I imagine the soloist to consist of. A lot of scenes where somebody goes, well, damn it, I'm not going to forget about him. The system may have left him behind, but that doesn't mean we have to, or else we become the system. (laughs) And then, like, a guy stands on a desk or something, and then everybody cheers. So I don't know what it's about. They did a bad job of sort of getting the word out to people about what this movie really is, because it looks like a terrible schmaltz fest kind of a thing. But it's based on this uh, true story that uh, originally came to light when Steve Lopez, a Los Angeles Times columnist, wrote about this this guy who Jamie Foxx plays in the movie, who was a street guy who was playing this broken down violin. And sure enough, it turns out that this, you know, this guy was once a, a music prodigy as a youth. And then he developed terrible, you know, mental illness, whether it's schizophrenia or not is sort of unclear in the movie. But it looks a lot like schizophrenia. 
And so, you know, he like skidded into the streets. But what's good about the movie is that it really um, doesn't sentimentalize um, and it doesn't sort of simplify. There's no sort of glad handy feel good ending in which everything is sort of neatly tied up with a bow. I mean, all the complexities of of sort of a journalist in Lopez's position, you know, taking on a, a, you know, a position of responsibility for another person are addressed, I think, realistically. And the fact that, you know, you're not going to just cure someone who is that ill. Well, this sounds like a very nuanced, layered film with a lot of realism and facets. I'm sure it performed splendidly at the box office. Oh, yeah. It's made a sum total of 18 million in its weeks out there. It's very uplifting for an economy like this. Yeah. We're a nation of deep thinkers, Christy. Yeah. So people want to see Hugh Jackman, you know, without a shirt and lots of sideburns and clawing instead of this movie. Uh, You know what? As as my friend Todd used to say, uh, you will never. uh, What did he he used to say? No, that was P.T. Barnum. That was the sucker every minute. Uh, my friend Todd used to have this saying, and this is when Hootie and the Blowfish, when that uh, that uh, the cracked review or whatever album was selling its 15 millionth copy. I remember he was reading this article about Hootie and the Blowfish in USA Today, which is sort of great in and of itself, sort of a perfect confluence of things. And he, he was reading about this, and he just sort of folded the newspaper up, and he set it down, and he looked at me, and he said, for things to be successful in America, they must contain an air of mediocrity. And then, and then I think we went out to lunch. So there you go. The end. All right. Christy Turnquist, you can be read in the Oregonian or online at OregonLive.com. A splendid website. Oh, yeah. It is 503-228-4101. We have Anthony Bourdain tickets coming up as well as Scott Weiland. Christy Turnquist, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Tim Riley at the news desk. Stay there. The ending of that song sounds like it's the end of uh, like some sitcom on the CW or something. Uh, where at the end he says, "Well, but we still got each other." Da da da. Executive producer Aaron Spelling. Or one of those British invasion songs in the mid sixties. Exactly like a uh, like a zombies song. Mm-hmm. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Speaking of zombies, don't forget to go to zombieconpdx.com. That is the website. Zombiecon. PDX.com. So, uh, Portland's ZombieCon is coming up May 15th, 16th, and 17th. Brought to you by the Rick Emerson Show and Rock 101 KUFO. Featuring the Zompire Undead Film Festival and uh, Portland's only zombie prom as well. I like uh, that word, zompire. It's uh, because it's not, it is just, it's all, I mean, it sounds obvious, but it's just nothing but films with vampires and zombies and occasionally zombie vampires, etc. So that is happening all three days. The zombie prom is May 16th and we're going to be having zombie related events and activities, uh, starting this week, continuing all the way through Sunday the 17th. You can find out more at KUFO.com or just go to ZombieConPDX.com. Coming up in this hour, a pair of tickets to see Anthony Bourdain when he comes to town, as well as our interview with Scott Weiland. At the news desk, this is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Well, the mayor's in hot water again. He says it was a fender bender, but he damaged two cars. This happened at the Current Toys parking lot at Jansen Beach over the weekend. Apparently, the, the mayor pressed the accelerator instead of the brake. Are you saying he... Ah, never mind. I don't even know what to do there. That was, it seems like there ought to be some sort of metaphor, a, a pun, or a thing like that. Pressed the accelerator, went too fast, didn't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Didn't know when to stop. How about that? There's something there. Did not know when to stop. All right. This just in. Mayor Sam Adams doesn't know when to stop. And then he plowed into two other vehicles. They're more than fender benders. That's right, Tim. Uh, meanwhile, there was a, a karaoke brawl in Beaverton, of all places, took place at the Azteca during a karaoke <laughs> night. It all started when uh, somebody patted a woman's fanny when she was singing on stage and her husband got jealous. 
Through chairs and beer bottles and whatnot, police had to be called, broke up. It's unknown whether or not she was able to finish that song. Well, Tim, you don't touch you don't touch an old lady that belongs to another guy, karaoke knot in Beaverton. That's right. You know, those Beaverton women are worth fighting for. That's, I did karaoke knot this weekend, but not in Beaverton. Well, of course, no, that's that's only for the rarefied, Sarah. <laughs> Where was your karaoke night? Was it in glorious southeast Portland? Actually, no, it was in northeast Portland. Ah, I'm even like better. 70th and Sandy. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. No brawling? No. Okay. No brawling. There are, there are a bunch of crackheads there, but other than that, no brawling. Fantastic. Well, they're too, the thing about crackheads is people think they cause a lot of they're violence. They're pleasant. Well, they're typically preoccupied with they were. crack. Here's Tim Riley. Exploding balls are being recalled by EB Brands that makes them. These are made in China where everything dangerous is from. People are pumping up these balls too much, and they're exploding sometimes in a ball of fire. They come in various colors. They're... They have the uh, brand names Valley Total Fitness Everlast or Vieo logos on them. I, I don't understand. What kind of balls? What These kind are of balls? balls. <laughs> They're rubber fitness balls. They're sold in 55, 65, and 75 centimeter sizes. I'm going to form like a storm large exploding hearts tribute banner, which is going to be called the Exploding Balls. <laughs> Wait, so sometimes the balls explode into fire? Yes. It, if what are you, these? If you pump these balls too much and fill them with gasoline. Yes. Then there's an unexpected burst causing the user to fall on the floor. Why would the balls explode into fire, though? Is it an exercise ball? Yes, it is. But but where... They're made in China. Okay, but the fire... Where does the fire come from? Where is the fire coming from here? The ball itself. I totally am going to bring exploding balls with me camping to start fires. Is it a ball that is just filled with flame? I I suppose so. Harry Potter and the fire goblet ball thing. Well, I think the explosion causes the material to inflame. But this is just an explosion. Okay. With air, right? I think an explosion doesn't mean what we're thinking it means. An explosion is when you have, uh, uh, like an incendiary device or the, the, perhaps some sort of, uh, some sort of a charge that is put there to actually, you know, to cause an mm-hmm. explosion, such as dynamite. Well, but, but, take it up with the red Chinese. They're the ones that are making these. Well, they, that is true. They are crafty. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Is Pinka bisexual? She says no. She's blasting the reports that say they're fabricated. She's quoted as saying, I'm not embarrassed about being bisexual. This is who I am. But her representatives have blasted the report, and her abdomen, the singer's words, were made up. A spokesman for the star tells the New York Daily News the quotes are entirely fabricated. Pink is not bisexual. Well, first of all, well, okay, never mind. Doesn't matter. I'm just saying, you know, she does seem to have a certain vibe about her, but even if she doesn't, like, who cares? I mean, really, who Nobody cares? really does. Yeah, nobody cares. And like she doesn't know how to spell her name properly. No, and like she has it, an exclamation point for the I. Really? In 2009, if you have to... That's crazy. That bitch. All, all, all those kids are taught to spell her name wrongly. <laughs> if you have to get your spell people in, uh, in 2009, if really the best use of your publicity department is to try to uh, quell rumors that you might be bisexual, it seems like perhaps someone hasn't stepped into the new millennium. That would just be my take. Well, maybe she should kiss up to Oprah. She'll get a talk show like Jenny McCarthy teaming up with Oprah for her very own television talk show. She's in a multi-year deal with Oprah's Harpo Productions to develop a talk show, just like we need another one. She is a former Playboy medal and actress. She appeared at Oprah several times in recent months to talk about her struggles with her son's autism. I was just going to say... two books, is allegedly. The, is the show going to be called I Have an Autistic Kid? It might be. All right. Now back to more of Jenny McCarthy and I Have an Autistic Kid, which everyone wants to hear about all the time. I'd be like Joan Rivers, uh, who, as many, many people noted, Joan Rivers' uh, whole career f- effectively became... I have a dead husband named Edgar. That was... Uh, that was like the name of her Broadway show and her musical and her one-woman act and her you know her movie and her biography. 
do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, come back around the corner with uh, more of Tim Riley, Anthony Bourdain, and Scott Weinland on the way. All right. Well, there seems to be some uh, trouble with one major airline. It seems that some of the pranks are getting out of hand. Somebody's putting samples of feces in the pilot's lockers. Well, you have to get a sample, Tim, before you decide if you want the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And here is the the uh, bulletin for all the personnel. Hello, PSA Finals. This is Mark Stanley, your MEC chairman, with an update from Monday, December 31st, with two items. Item one, I have been advised that an unknown individual placed a large quantity of feces in Chief Pilot Tom Arlene's V-file in the Charlotte crew room. While some of you may find some humor in this news, <laughs> the association vehemently condemns this sort of immature reprehensible, and unsanitary behavior. I, for one, find humor in this news, by the way. I like the person uh, laughing in the background. Well, of course, because it's a bag of feces. I mean, what are you supposed to do? One laughs at such things, Sarah. All right. Hey, just uh, real quickly, back on the Jenny McCarthy thing. So, I mean, it's not like she doesn't have stuff to say, I guess, but here's the thing, is that... Well, we can't ramble on for an hour about nothing if given the chance. Well, but this is... Not an hour, Tim. Much more than that. The uh, the mm-hmm. thing about Jenny McCarthy, though, is, I mean, you know, she was on TV and she made the rounds talking about her kid being autistic, which is, you know, which is it's fine. I mean, you know, I don't mean sound like I'm down on that or something. I mean, it's a thing that affects X number of families in America, which is fine. But before that happened, like before the autism uh, issue sort of came out, we had all just sort of come to a conclusion as a nation that she didn't really have anything to say because Every single thing that Jenny McCarthy has ever done has not even been predicated so much on her being in Playboy. It was predicated on her being on Singled Out on MTV. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I know her from. Yeah, her entire career was sort of this inverted pyramid, and it rests upon the fact that she uh, sort of shook her bosoms around and would occasionally stick out her tongue at the camera for no readily apparent reason. When she replaced that by... takes a lot of talent. She's replaced by Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. So, I mean, it it really is, it is strange to think about the star-making machinery in this country and the unpredictable corners uh, from whence celebrity uh, derives. All right. Oh, did I tell you it's uh, going to be rainy through Wednesday? Where? In Denver? No, here in the Portland metro area. We are live and local. It's going to be 61 degrees. Hold on a second. You're blowing my mind. And the rain is going to start right after noontime. In Portland? At least by 12.02, 12.03. Wait a minute. Hold That's my You're going a million miles an hour. Okay, I'll stop. This is in Portland. Oregon, yeah. It's going to rain. Rain. I'm glad I know that. Man, it's like everything I knew was wrong. Down is up. Left is right. So confusing. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Stop that giggling. This is not to be mocked, Tim. Feces in a locker. <laughs> Why did you just say that? I mean, I know we just had the story, but that particular uh, excerpting of words right there was a little bit surreal. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep things live. Well, so now if we have feces in our lockers, no, we'll know who to no, look at. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's stop saying that. Let's not use that phrase anymore. Okay. Always bright, but never trite. Let's stop this live bed here for about four seconds and allow it to reestablish so that the client is not horrified by the context into which his advertisement is put. Ah, that's fantastic. Hey, type right and out of sight. It is the Rick Emerson Show on a Monday morning. 
Let's talk about secret aardvark habanero hot sauce. And uh, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians, who uh, is our production assistant, screens the calls, does everything else. Uh, he put on here a listener. He doesn't say the name. Uh, he says, a listener wanted to let us know he tried secret aardvark hot sauce on your recommendation and loved it. Uh, which, and I've heard this uh, from several people over the last few weeks. We've been talking about those guys a lot. I went into, I wish I could remember the name of it, and, and I don't. But Lara and I went into a pizza place, of all things, which is on 23rd. This is, I don't know, maybe uh, two weekends ago. And every single table in this pizza place had secret aardvark habanero hot sauce. And, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think that a, an habanero sauce, which, is you know, it's tomato and it's onion, a little bit of vinegar. Um, you know, you, the pizza place, you think red pepper flakes maybe or garlic or something or parmesan. You don't necessarily think of, like, a, a hot sauce as such. But it was on every single table. I mean, this stuff is really, it's just unbelievable how good it is. And because it's made with pure, fresh ingredients, it's not made in a bunch of chemicals that are just mixed together in a lab in Brunswick or something. Uh, it does go with almost anything you can imagine. Now, the recipe is from Portland. The company's right here in Portland. And you can find out more about it at secretardvark.com. SecretArtVark.com. You can find out where to buy it. You can find out the restaurants that are serving it. And of course, uh, if you don't see it where you shop, you don't see it where you eat, you gotta ask them about it. You gotta go, uh, shake them vigorously, uh, with your words and demand that they carry Secret Aardvark hot sauce. Uh, you got it. It is gonna become the most frequently used spice and condiment in your house. I guarantee it. Secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce. One sauce to rule them all. Being travel ready means it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Don't forget, coming up at 8.50 this morning, we'll be giving you the time. We'll also have the interview with Scott Weiland, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, on the way. Tim Riley, what headlines are we looking at on this Monday morning? Kids are found living at home in a filthy home alone. Well, except for the two sex offenders who live behind the house in a trailer. A woman is arrested in West Lynn for allegedly driving drunk with kids around... And a Chuck E. Cheese mascot is charged with the groping. <laughs> the groping, uh, which was, is that uh, you start with the groping and then he moves on to the sexing? Yes. When you say a Chuck E. Cheese mascot, That's this wasn't like the, uh, behavior. this uh, but, but this was like actual, the Chuck E. Cheese, not one of the lesser known mascots like that Mario guy that the Chuck E. The, uh, Cheese. All right. We don't know if it was the original. Who claims to be the original Chuck E. Cheese? I don't know. I don't really know. I used <laughs> to know. one of his followers. Now, and here's the thing. There, there was a time uh, when I would have been able to list off to you like five or six of these sort of ancillary mascots at that establishment. But to be honest, I just quit caring. Mascots love to hug children. Yes, they do, Tim. Now they're moving on to adults. <laughs> okay. And breasts. Yes, they are. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, our interview with Scott Weiland. I'll go anywhere. <laughs> it is Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503. That was a weird exhaling. You just I'm did it sorry. In the microphone no, there. You made me laugh. I turned on my microphone and then. It's because of my patented wit, Sarah. 503 228 4101. All right. Uh, coming up here in just moments, we will have Tim Riley, who is recapping today's biggest headline. Smells like the 90s at 9 with a buzz. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and Don Taylor from Cinematical. Uh, without further ado, he's going to be at the Roseland uh, later on this month. And this entire interview, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. The entire interview uh, will be posted online at KUFO.com. This uh, was something we taped on. Uh, when was it? Was it Friday? It was Friday. It's uh, The days are all blurring together for me they right are. now because it really everything was just a lead up to Star Trek. Um, so here's a section of this interview. We'll have the entire thing posted at KUFO.com uh, later on today. This, ladies and gentlemen, is... Rick Emerson interviewing Scott Weiland.
Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show a man who needs no introduction, but who I will introduce anyway. Uh, from the Stone Temple Pilots to Velvet Revolver to his own uh, solo work, including the recently released album Happy in Galoshes. A man whose vocal imprint is felt in all forms of rock and roll. He's going to be here May 20th at the Roseland. Tickets through Tickets West. Uh, Mr. Scott Weiland. Hello, sir. How are you today? Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, thank you for, for joining us. I have to ask, when you're working on um, a solo project, as a guy who spent a lot of his time uh, with other musicians in the form of a band, when you're doing something solo, do you find that you're consciously trying to write something that sounds different than the work you've done with bands? Are you consciously moving away from that? Actually, it's quite the opposite. I feel a, a freedom, a sense of freedom to be able to just explore all the the various musical terrain that I've listened to and fallen in love with my whole life and am able to uh, combine some of those, you know, Latin music with um, modern music with some lo-fi, low-tech stuff, and it's one of the beauties of having a studio is that um, it enables you to kind of go anywhere and record some of the songs that we had written that were, um, you know, rock and roll kind of uh, on the English tip. Actually, speaking of speaking of, of the English tip, reaching back a bit, I heard your take on uh, Led Zeppelin's Dancing Days, uh, you know, some years back on the Encomium record. And there's a, a lot of Zeppelin in some of the things you've done, uh, like, you know, the Lady Picture Show, for example, or the vocal stylings. Who do you feel had the biggest impact on, on your writing? I would have to say... Probably, as far as the writing and the studio, it would have to probably be the Beatles. Um, as a singer and overall performer, how I approach myself, it would have to be David Bowie. And as you know, uh, a lyricist, um, you know David Bowie and um, Bob Dylan probably. And in terms of, so as a lyricist and as a singer, you've got Bowie and Dylan there who, I mean, it's a real, it's a real powerful duo to have an imprint on you. Um, and then, of course, as the years go on, you guys, uh, you know, you together uh, with the Stone Temple Pilots, Velvet Revolver, and then also as a solo artist, you're creating your own uh, musical legacy. And so I, I have to ask, coming off uh, a successful reunion tour with STP was there was there a push from the label to immediately get back in the studio and, and crank out an album was there that pressure um yeah and we are uh, working on a record right now so I'm, I'm kind of doing both at the moment. And that you've always been a very prolific uh, singer-songwriter you know, in the solo world and then with the bands, obviously. And I, I read somewhere um, that having gone through so much as a, as a band and individually where you've you know, really been out there and, and experienced a lot of things, a lot of ups and downs, I've read that you got your um, your own episode of, of, of Behind the Music coming up. I have to ask, do they, um, do they still put everybody in a room that's filled with candles and, and purple tapestries is this uh, is this uh, kind of a classic behind the music you know it's it's they've they've moved uh to, i think they've gone for a new look but it's still the same basic um theme you know uh very successful artist uh you know comes from uh nowhere becomes massively successful and then there are traumas that happen that uh cause personal problems and then there is a rise to the top again 
Um, so, of course, you can guess that they, they ask lots of lovely questions. I, I can only imagine, sir. We're uh, talking to Scott Weiland, and you've got a promotion coming up, which is pretty astounding, where a fan gets to fly to a show and have dinner with you. I have to ask, what what kind of restaurant is your default choice? What kind of a place is the fan going to end up eating? Oh, um, well, it all depends on the city that we're in, you know. If I had my choice on a certain night, I'm a big fan of caviar. It's partly because it's one of those things that you can't have very often. Right. Um, if I ate caviar um, frequently, I probably would not like it so much. <laughs> it, um, is a, it is its rarity yeah. that gives it its, uh, its allure, sir. Yeah, yes, I think so. You know, that's always fun. The show is coming up May 20th at the Roseland, the new album, Happy in uh, Galoshes, the most recent solo work from Scott Weiland. You can find out more at scottweiland.com. And, of course, tickets are available. Tickets West is your outlet there, and it is May 20th at the Roseland. All right, Scott Weiland, thank you so much. Best of continued success, sir. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you. Seamless transition into live programming. (laughs) All right. Uh, it is the I Rick Emerson Show. I studio. <laughs> it was like, if you closed your eyes, it was like I was in Atlanta. Uh, so that is Scott Weiland. We'll have the entire interview, which is quite something. We uh, do want to give it to Greg Nibbler, by the way, who took uh, a very lengthy interview, we'll say, and uh, made it into what you just heard. So well done, Nibbler. So that'll be up at KUFO.com later on. Speaking of things that are end in .com, you can find out more about the upcoming ZombieCon PDX. You go to ZombieCon pdx.com and you will learn all about this uh, upcoming uh, event that we're going to be uh, talking more about it's going to be happening uh, 15th 16th and 17th of may with a lot of uh, small preceding events so be listening for more on that tomorrow katie darrell from tmz.com don taylor from cinematical tim riley what were today's biggest headlines well children left home alone in a filthy environment with sex criminals a talking parrot is missing from its home in the coup and aggression man is arrested for having sex with a dog so there you go the end <laughs> And this is all true. Uh, we want to thank uh, Cena Radio correspondent Jim Roop for joining us today. Also, Scott Weiland and Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. On the phone, Greg Nibbler. Wow. Look at me. I rule. Um... What was I doing? Uh, Webmistress Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s coming up next with our good friend Buzz and Gordon Fatboy this afternoon, 3 till 7. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for listening. Be safe. We appreciate it. Today is Monday, May 4th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. See you all tomorrow. Bye.